Welcome back, Seafood News Podcast listeners. This episode is brought to you by Ernerberry's Comtel. You can now download the Comtel app today from the App Store for iOS or from Google Play for Android. I'm marketing assistant Nicole Christie. And I'm Seafood News staff writer Amanda Buckle. And as always, thanks for joining us. We've got a fun episode for you today. Uh, Nicole, do you want to tell our listeners what's on the agenda? Of course. This week, we're talking retail sales of fresh and frozen fish fillets during Lent lobster shell disease in Maine, the latest on Simp, and Food Network's Beat Bobby Flay, and also Nick Jonas's tuna salad recipe. Ooh la la, that's a good mix for today. It is. <laughs> it's certainly a lot of news, uh, so let's get right to it. Now, a significant erosion in retail fresh and frozen fish sales, tongue twister, during Lent may have occurred this year. Yeah, so Lent is the biggest selling season for whitefish, both at retail and food service. Um, And, you know, people can't eat meat on Ash Wednesday and Fridays leading up to Easter, so generally there is a spike in seafood sales. Uh, But Seafood News publisher John Sackton took a look at Ernerberry's retail promotion database, and the charts suggest a significant erosion in the volume of fish sales. Uh, Now, John looked at six species that make up 80% of the fresh and frozen... Frozen. (laughs) Tongue twister again. (laughs) um, Fillet volume. Now... Let me just interrupt here. Is that there's a debate on if it's fillet or fillets? I used to always call it fillets. Yes, you did say fillets. Um, But I went to a conference and everyone was calling it fillet. So you can keep saying it fillets. I'm going to call it (laughs) fillets. That way we just have all our bases covered. There we go. Anyway, back to it. So John looked at these six species that make up 80% of the fresh and frozen uh, fillet volume at retail during the seven weeks around Lent. So he looked at last year, the set last seven weeks around Lent 2017, and then the seven weeks around Lent 2018. Um, and the species that we're talking about is a cod, haddock, salmon, tilapia, catfish, and pangasius. Um, and surprisingly, declines in promotional opportunities were recorded across the board for all six of those species. So what's the thought you know, behind this decline? Um, Well, John suggests that people are no longer willing to cook seafood at home, and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. You know, people panic when it comes to cooking seafood. If they're not confident cooking it, they won't do it. Um, But other theories are that consumers have grown tired of certain products and that competing proteins have eroded the seafood market share. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's very interesting, and I guess we're going to have to see how these theories hold up to sales reports from retail and food service tracking data. Um, But moving along, lobster shell disease is slightly up in Maine. Now we're talking about a bacterial infection, um, so it basically makes lobsters impossible to sell. Yeah, this disease is pretty nasty. It eats away at the shells of lobsters and can even kill them. Uh, Fortunately, researchers only found the disease in about 1% of lobsters last year. And while that definitely, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot, I mean, you know, 1% of lobsters, it's it's practically nothing, but... The issue here is that the disease was almost never found in Maine lobsters during their early and mid-2000s. So what now causes this bacterial infection if it was never there? Yeah, well, I mean, we're talking more theories <laughs> right now. We're all about theories we're today. <laughs> but uh, researchers think that warming waters could be to blame, and they're basing this off of the fact that, you know, the years where they found the most growth of this lobster shell disease also happens to be two of the warmest years. And the thought is that the warm water adds stress to the lobsters and makes their immune systems more susceptible um, to the disease. Wow, interesting. So it's the warmer waters up in Maine, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the war. I mean, you know, we had a really warm season last year, Mm -hmm. and water temperatures are definitely rising in Maine. It's not 
as bad as it could be, but you know, we have to we have to watch out for this year. Yeah. I mean, right now it's April and we're all freezing still, so yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but we'll have to see what the rest of the summer brings. Yeah, summer is coming. Well, Thank you. Now let's move on to our SIMP update. So the Seafood Import Monitoring Program, which is also known as SIMP, became mandatory for importers on January 1st. Um, but the enforcement of the new rule, it's only just begun, even though it was, you know, implemented January 1st. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration posted a reminder earlier this week that the informed compliance period in which, you know, the agency's provided outreach and assistance for those with incomplete entry filings ended on April 9th, 2018. So, Amanda, can you kind of explain a little bit more about what this means? Yeah, so SIMP requires that certain species have strict data reporting and record keeping of specific priority fish that are vulnerable to, you know, IUU fishing and seafood fraud. So species that currently fall under SIMP include Atlantic Pacific Cod, Blue Crab, Red King Crab, Mahi Mahi, grouper, red snapper, sea cucumber, shark, swordfish, and the tunas, you know, big eye, skipjack, et cetera. Um, but simp enforcement, you know, now that it is in effect, uh, entry filings for those specific species have to be correct and complete before importation may proceed. So filings that are, you know, incomplete and, you know, they contain, you know, incorrect data will not be accepted. You know, a failure to comply may result in the no office of law enforcement taking action. Uh-oh. So um, that's surprising. So this is not including shrimp yet? No. So that deadline for Im implementation of shrimp is set for December 31st, 2018. So there's still a little bit of time for, okay. for those people. Oh, well, good for the shrimp peeps. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, moving along, guys. We're going to talk about Beat Bobby Flay. Yes, so one of my guilty pleasures on TV. I love watching Bobby Flay get beat. Uh, usually I do it while I'm eating myself. Of course, it's like never anything as good as what's on TV. No. It's like usually like pizza rolls. But sometimes <laughs> when you see those cooking shows, I just have to eat something because that looks so good and mm -hmm. it makes me hungry. Oh my gosh, starving. And but then, then I'm always disappointed. Yeah, always disappointed in what because like I said, it's always like something frozen bag or a bag of chips. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm a monster. And you're not Bobby Flay. I wonder, no. do a lot of people beat him? I thought he won a lot. He does win a lot. Um, but Every once in a while, he does get beat, and it's always fun to watch. And that brings us to this past Thursday. It was, you know, I had to definitely tune in. Usually, I get caught in like reruns, but I mm -hmm. actually watched a brand new episode because Supreme Crab and Seafood's executive chef uh, Mark Lobner competed against Bobby Flay. And um, so, of course, you know, the if for those who don't watch Food Network. Um, how Beat Bobby Flay works is that two chefs um, have to battle each other in order to get to Bobby Flay. So uh, Mark Lobner, he had to compete against uh, Brendan Pele, who is a chef at Boston's Doretta Taverna and Raw Bar. So they had to um, take a cucumber and use it in their dish to create something. The judges had to vote who had the better one. and. Uh, that person um, got to go ahead and compete against Bobby Flay. So um, the, the chef that Lobner was competing against, uh, he works at a Greek restaurant, so he got the cucumber and he was pumped. You know, he was actually like a little, maybe too cocky and confident uh. going into it, you know? And so his initial thought was, I'm gonna create a Greek salad, and he's like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, you know, prepare the cucumber three different ways. So um, he went all out with that, 
Meanwhile, Lobner was like, you know, he was he was really energetic. He was actually really fun to watch. He was like this whole like cast and real thing, and <laughs> winking, typical and fisherman. Yeah, he he was a lot of fun to watch. But uh, he decided he, at first he was like a little stumped. He's like, I don't you know know what to do. But then he uh, made a gazpacho, a cucumber gazpacho with uh, grilled shrimp. And um, uh, <laughs> what happened was that uh, you know, like I said, Lobner wasn't as confident. At the beginning, and this this other chef was this other chef ran out of time. He forgot to put feta, olives, and capers on his well, salad. Are which you is kidding? Like a Greek salad. That is that is the whole Greek salad. <laughs> what was it? Cucumbers. It was cucumbers. Yeah, like oh, a couple no. other things on it, but it, it was just it was it was funny watching this and. And obviously, like, you know, the the judges, they thought his use of cucumber was, you know, very well done. But, I mean, it was basically an incomplete dish. So, um, you know, they did praise Lobner's, you know, dish. But uh, I think he honestly really won it because of of the other competitor running out of time. Wow. But um, once Lobner uh, got a chance to go up against Bobby Flay, he decided that he wanted to challenge Bobby Flay to cook a, a crab cake sandwich. Ugh. That sounds easy, right? Yeah, and especially, I mean, he's an executive chef at Supreme Crab and Seafood. Yeah, this he is, like, should. right up his alley. Yeah. So he definitely had an advantage going into it. But, uh, you know, and he gave, like, you can see some of his tips on, you know, what he did. He uses, like, um, old-fashioned, like, saltines, basically, uh-huh. uh, as, like, his breading in there. Ooh. And uh, his trick, uh, which I'm, I'm totally going to steal, steal this, I like this a lot, is that he sears the crab cakes on both sides, and then he throws it in the oven to like to fully cook. Oh, so, so you, you bake it nice, and you fry it. Yeah, but you get that nice crunch on the like you like that good sear. You get it yes. really well done on the outside. Uh huh. So I, I'm gonna I'm That's gonna steal it. A good technique. Yeah, I like that um, a lot. So essentially, correct me if I'm wrong. So Bobby Flay or Bobby Flay's team picks the first ingredient that they're gonna cook with, and then once the competitor beats you know them out, mm-hmm. they can tell Bobby Flay whatever yeah, to cook. Yeah, they get to challenge Bobby Flay to uh-huh. whatever they want to cook. So like I said, Lobner's was the was the, the crab, crab cake. cake, and so uh, it was it was you know it was really fun watching Lobner compete. Uh, Bobby Flay took a completely different route with his. Uh, he made this like glazed caramelized like bacon, and yeah, he went all. Oh, he put bacon. You put bacon on anything, I know, and it's I'm, gonna win. Yeah. Although, spoiler alert, I don't know if I don't know if he won yet. Well. Bobby Flay did win, oh. and, and what it came down to it was really funny. It's like so. I mean, obviously the the judges. You know, it's a blind taste test. They don't know who did what. They really like Lobner's. You know, they they uh, they said it was, it was like exceptional. <laughs> yeah, exceptional, light and delicate. Um, one of the judges said, like, you know, you could taste the quality of the crab meat, but their biggest complaint was the texture. And so, like these saltines crackers, mm-hmm. they didn't give enough. Of, I guess of like the crunch, the breading Aspect. that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing was that they criticized him for was that uh, his bread to crab cake ratio was off. Um, so what, which is like really, yeah. really silly, but yeah. I guess like I've definitely had sandwiches that, I mean, I personally like bread, so I'm, I'm always down for more bread. Me too. I like the bready, bready, I don't think that's a word, but the crab mm-hmm. cakes that have a lot of bread. I know most people are like, give me more of the jumbo lump crab meat, but I'm like, give me more of the bread mm-hmm. and the crab cake. Yeah. Well, well, with the sandwich, I was like, we're talking about the roll here. So uh, what Bobby Flay did, so I mean, they definitely, they wanted more of like the, the bread and the crunch in, right. in Lovner's, but what Bobby Flay did was he hollowed out part of the inside of his roll and his crab cake was big enough to like fit perfectly on the roll and Lovner's wasn't. Um, and I, and that, and that's kind of what, what killed him. So did, did he use crab meat from Supreme Crab? No, they, um, 
I'm assuming they didn't they didn't say. I don't that know. Been good because they said the crab was good. Yeah. With it, so there you go. You know how they have good product. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you have if you have on demand, um, definitely pull it up. It was uh, it was a fun episode to watch, even though he lost and Bobby Flay even threw in a, a shellfish joke at the end. He uh. said, "I don't want to sound shellfish." But that one was all mine. <laughs> of course. Oh, Bobby, Bobby Flay. Flay. Well, good, good, good job, Mark. Good attempt. Yes. Now, on to our final story of the day, Nick Jonas. Oh, my goodness. Now, I bet a lot of people probably, our listeners maybe don't. We would love to hear, if you, if you, if you watched this video of Nick Jonas making tuna salad, please reach out and let us know because... It was Nicole unique. and I watched it on, on repeat on Monday. It was definitely unique, and I do have to admit... Anything with Nick Jonas in it, I enjoy because he was my childhood crush. Just a side He's note. Very um, but this was this was interesting. So it's kind of him unveiling tuna and his process of making the tuna. Yeah. So he, he won. <laughs> I guess it's like you know how I mean everything on Instagram and social media today. It's like all everyone wants to show you a picture of what they're eating. Mm-hmm. Well, he decided to do this video. He's in his tank top. He said he just got done doing an arms workout. Of course. You know, shoulder day. And uh, he breaks down his his tuna salad recipe. Uh, he uses um, Safe Catch tuna, which you could um, actually order off of Amazon. But uh, we made up a recipe card, and it's posted on the Seafood News Instagram. And uh, Nicole's going to read you uh, his, his basic in, uh, is, directions. Yeah. So um, his initial step was... Get this beautiful tuna out of its can. So he called he called the tuna <laughs> beautiful. That's an exact quote from Nick Jonas. First step is to get this beautiful tuna out of its can. And then he said, use an unspecified amount of mayonnaise. So he didn't measure anything. He just kind of threw it in there. No, exactly. So it's, you know, not that great at giving directions. But no. It was you can weigh as much mayo as you want. Yeah. I guess it's it's to each his own. How yeah. many, some people like more, some people like less. I hate mayo. Really? Mm-hmm. Don't uh, like it. I, I, I like, like all my it. food dry. I don't use ketchup. I don't that's a different wow. that's a story for another day. We'll talk about that next time. <laughs> okay, so then he said to mix the tuna and the mayo until the initial resistance is gone. Yeah, he's that's an interesting word. I don't know what kind of struggle he has had with his tuna in the, in the past. Right. Did it not mix properly? <laughs> Did it take a while? I don't know, but he mashed that up. Oh, and this is my favorite. He he said to make a personal connection with <laughs> the tuna. But what you want to do is have that personal connection with your tuna. And that's what we're doing here today. I'm glad you're on this journey with me. So, like, have you ever made a personal connection with your food? I I don't even if I was what with, I love. If I was with Nick Jonas and he wanted me to make a personal connection with my tuna, I would. You I would do just it. listen to him. Oh, I would too. I'm <laughs> gonna try that now with my new favorite food. Um, of course, he's you know talking about his seasoning and putting it in there, and he says to he did it in a certain way. He wants to put an X with the pepper yeah, grinder. Yeah, he's so making like, shapes. Yeah, so like you know you you go you have your pepper grinder and you just go you make an X while you're grinding it. Yeah, well, that was interesting. Usually you just kind of shake it in there. Yeah, he's got his own quirky things. He likes the X. Um, and then he also put in some, I don't even know. Cholula hot sauce? Ch- Cholula hot sauce. So he likes it spicy, apparently. I've never tried hot sauce and tuna. See, I do like hot sauce. That's the only comment. That, oh, she admits. I, I do like hot sauce. But, yeah, he's a tuna enthusiast, and he said he's hoping to go on many more tuna adventures. Um, and Safe Catch Tuna, they actually, like, tweeted at him that they've got more. Uh, he's their chili lime. Uh, mm-hmm. Tuna, but they have more flavors of their canned tuna. So, 
I'm I'm interested in seeing it more tuna adventures from Nick Jonas. Me too. I will tune in <laughs> to the tuna adventures. Seafood does never look so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then uh, on that note, that <laughs> wraps up, up. <laughs> that wraps up our show for today. Just so you know, you can download our new Comtel app if you have an Apple phone, iPhone. I totally forgot the name of iPhone for a second. How did I do that? If you have an iPhone, you can download it on the App Store for iOS. But if you have an Android, you can also download it on Google Play to keep up with the market trends. Yes, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Seafood News. And like I said, you can get that recipe card for Nick Jonas's special tuna salad. Complete with a picture of Nick Jonas. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll tune in next week, and we'll see you then.